Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh, it's for you. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are here on a very busy Friday the 13th to talk some sports. So give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, Facebook us, tweet us. Got the Twitter going off now on the phone, Ray. YouTube. Instagram, we're everywhere. Check out RayandTayToday.com. A lot of good stuff. Our hearts are heavy. Our love and prayers go out to all the people lost in the tragic terror attack in Paris. And it's uh, unimaginable. And unfortunately, uh, us in America, especially New Yorkers, we have imagined it. And um, just our heartfelt prayers go out and do our hearts. Do our show tonight with heavy hearts, Ray. Definitely heavy hearts. Yeah, you know, we we try to use sports as an outlet and something that takes our mind off of reality. Uh, But reality can sometimes be tough and difficult. So let's have a good, fun hour, take our mind off of what's happening in the real world, and just try to put life in perspective, but have fun doing it. Yes, well, if you want to talk fun, before we get to football and start with uh, Sexy Rexy Thursday night, real quick, we, we weren't going to talk about it, but it's Friday 13th, the first day of college hoops, and Chris Mullen was coaching. I believe St. John's got the W. Duke's about to win. Maryland won. North Carolina won. I know we said we weren't ready, but it's kind of it's kind of exciting to see some college basketball, don't you think, Ray? You know what? It's exciting, but it's too soon. I mean, before Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm not complaining, right? But I feel like my mind isn't isn't programmed for this yet, especially to see some of these top teams, right? It looks like Kentucky's going to win. Duke's yeah. going to win. Gonzaga's actually – Gonzaga's playing Pitt. That's a good game. They're actually down two at the half. Kansas is up big at the half. So, you know, Carol, like you said, Carolina took care of Temple – Maryland took care of business. Go so, uh, no real upsets, but you know we've got we got our Knicks, by the way, leading Cleveland Cavs. I thought LeBron was going to come out and and nah, they're going to take LeBron, baby. They're going to take him. But fire. Oh yeah, but we'll, we'll get we'll get to the hoops. We'll get to the hoops and the NBA and all that good stuff. Let's start off the NFL for the next. I think including yesterday, for the next four Thursdays, we'll have special, uh, you know, bright-colored, all-colored Nike jerseys. And it's kind of cool. You'll see it in all the different matchups. So last night it was the wild green (laughs) against the red, not the blue, the red of the Bills. And it was definitely entertaining like the game. Rex Ryan didn't come out to the very end of tip-off and kick-off. and, And what we saw was, a team that played for their coach. And when the triplets of Tyrod Taylor, LaShawn McCoy, and Sammy Watkins are healthy, they are now four and one, Ray. And they're five and four in the season. They're right in the wild card race. Like I said last show, it's going to be Buffalo Jets, Steelers, Raiders for those two wild card spots. So strap in and get ready. 22-17, Bills win. Sexy Rex, he comes back to New York and he said that, you know, the girlfriend breaks up with you but can't, tries to call you back but can't have you back. What did you think about Rex, the the Bills' defense, the turnovers, and the whole game? So the game actually taught me a few things. Number one, Number one let's talk about off the field. field. Rexy is sexy, is sexy and his and players his love players playing love for him. Playing for him. Yeah, and apparently he downplayed it during the week. But you know, all those Buffalo Bills wanted oh, to be correct. Yeah, and he's the players' coach, so they definitely took one 
you know, their mission was to was to win one for Rex. And it also taught me that the Bills have a couple of dynamic running backs in Carlos Williams and, of course, Shady McCoy. You know, at the age of – I don't know how old Shady is. We can look that up. But let's say 26, 27. You don't, at 27, lose your skills. And so maybe Shady had a couple of bad years based on injury. But two years ago, this guy was one of the best backs in the league. So, Oh, he led he, the league in rushing. <laughs> was the best player on the, on the field yesterday. Even injured, he wasn't a problem. I mean, he, he was a problem. Jets couldn't take him down. And, you know, it taught me on the other side, the Jets don't have any dynamic playmakers. And the Jets are going to have trouble coming from behind. Patrick's not 100% healthy. But you know what? Just had surgery Jets, this morning too, Ray. Yeah, he's got the 10 days before the next game. But it, it, it taught me that Chris Ivory is a very solid back. And even Brandon Marshall was dropping some balls. And so was Eric Decker. Uh, so the Jets really need to play this formula of ball control, get up early, let your D play from ahead, because if you put too much pressure on that offense, they don't have a Shady McCoy. They don't have a Carlos Williams. They don't have a Sammy Watkins. So the Jets are a very good team, but you know what? I don't think that th- their weaknesses were exposed a little bit. And well, let me, But let me ask you this. You're, you're making great points. But where is their third receiver? Not Curly. Where is Devin Smith, the speedster from Ohio State? Because when you so talk about dynamic. Getting, he was actually getting a late fumble, but he was actually finally getting some light. I think, I think yeah, they're trying to work. But, I, I think you have, but, Ray, you would agree. That type of speed, Joey Galloway type speed and explosiveness with the Ohio State connection, you have to use that. They also need a tight end. And so if Jason Morrow is never going to stand up and deliver or wake up, can we get another tight end in here? I, find, I feel that Chris Ivory is, you know, pretty, you know, pounding ground. Yeah, he's not like shady, breaking loose. But Chris Ivory is a legit back. I think Marshall and Decker are, are really good and having good seasons and getting a lot of touchdowns. You're right about Fitzpatrick, but they just – They've got to figure out, if it's not Curly, then develop Smith. The guy's healthy now. Get him involved because that type of speed to take the top off, you have to use it. It spreads out the field for all of your other players. Or, I agree 100%, or you get a guy like a Darren Sproles. You need a playmaker. The Jets don't have – I mean, Brandon Marshall is as close as it gets, but he's not what he was three or four years ago, and he's a big target who can move the chains – but you need somebody in the open field that makes things happen. How many third downs and how many critical plays did the Buffalo Bills execute when, let's say, it's third and nine and McCoy gets it on a sweep or Carlos Williams gets a screen or a draw and and they just made people miss? They made people miss. The Jets don't have that on their offense. Well, I'll ask this. Do you, like, do you think Steven Ridley, we saw him first game getting healthy. Can he be a factor and help them during the stretch run? By the way, that's Steven to you, okay? <laughs> uh, I like him. I like Ridley. I think, again, with Bill Belichick, you never know why you get in the doghouse. But, oh, you know, gosh. you're feeding and you're in the doghouse. You're probably in the doghouse. You're a minute and 30 the- seconds late, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, I'm I'm all about discipline, but you know, Bill Belichick is is a whimsical dude. Um, so yeah, you know what, Stephen Ridley, I like him. I think he's dynamic. I, you know, remember him back in the days and in, in, in college even. He's he's good. Why not? If we can get too, Devin yeah. Smith and and Stephen Ridley, then yeah, the Jets look a lot more explosive, more dynamic. But anyway, well, what, you, what you said is 100% right. Five and four, both of these teams now are in the mix for that wild card. Definitely, definitely. I'll say this. I, I do – we'll go forward to the weekend games. I do look forward to seeing Tennessee and Jacksonville and their jerseys next week. <laughs> the jerseys were just as interesting as, as the game, I will say that, because there was uh, <laughs> a lot of comments on Facebook and Twitter about them. A lot of people felt a lot of different ways. Um, it's good to watch football. Listen, you hate to see the players 
And I think, honestly, Ray, this should never be a division game on a Thursday. It's so unfair. Even though we've had a couple of road wins, it's just unfair. Division games are so important. To me, you know, you don't have enough practice time. Guys are just doing walkthrough. They're playing injured or not being able to play these Thursday games. And when you make them division games, yeah, it's good for CBS and NFL Network for ratings, but it's bad for football. So I think the NFL should probably switch that back next year. They've done it for the last two, three seasons. It's been cute, but let's stop it. So let's go forward, man. Let's go forward to – you like that. You like that. Kirk Cousins <laughs> hosting Drew Brees us. And really, this is an interesting game because the Redskins, as you know, are still alive in the NFC lease. And the Saints are kind of still in the picture, I guess, for a wild card. Definitely not for the division. But if that's the case, they have to win this game. I'll let you, let you uh, stab at this one first. Who's your fantasy stud? And who's winning this one, Ray? You know, both of these teams are disappointing. I think New Orleans, though, is a team that at least has Drew Brees. And anytime you roll out Drew Brees, you've got a chance to win. And the Washington defense, we expected more from them. They haven't delivered consistently like we would have liked. So I'm going to go with New Orleans on the road, even though they have been great on the road, to even up their record at 5-5. Five and five. And like I said, I, I think they're going to hunt down the Atlanta Falcons, believe it or not. But this game is probably a 50-50 game. I'm going to go with New Orleans, and I'm going to say that Breeze is going to outplay Cousins. Ingram is going to outplay the two backs or the three backs in Washington. And you know what? He'll find a way, Drew Brees, to get – Willie Sneed involved and to get your boy Marcus Colston involved and Brandon Cooks. So my and fantasy Benjamin Watson. And Benjamin Watson. So my fantasy stud is going to be Drew Breezy. I think once again he's going to put up big numbers. I, I got him for 350 and four touchdowns. I think the Saints win 31 23. Totally agree with you. Not much to add. I'll say Breeze is my fantasy stud. Alfred Morris is hurt. I dropped him on my fantasy league. One of the most disappointing guys. I, I just don't even know what to say. Matt Jones has got that spot, but I think Ingram Wilde do him. Breeze is too much. And unfortunately, Jordan Reed is a horse, but he's alone. Garcon, Jackson, uh, Andre Roberts, who disappeared for a couple of years when he was great with the Cardinals, goes to D.C., and is uh, in the lost and found area somewhere. <laughs> and yeah. it's, sad. it's sad, Ray, because Washington, actually, you think about it, they have talent. They're, they're, they're receivers, all this stuff. Kirk Cousins can get you the yards. But at the end of the day, they'll come up short. And I'll say it'll be 33-24. Drew Brees is my guy, too. Maybe 360, uh, four touchdowns. Um, disappointing the Redskins. I, you know, I didn't think they'd be great anyway, but, you know, when you see a little bit of potential, you're like, wow, could they step up in this horrible NFC East? But the answer is no. Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. So we'll skip over the Cleveland Steeler game. Only thing you got to know, look, Ben's trying to practice. It's silly. Landry Jones will start, but Manziel's starting. By any chance, do you smell upset because of Johnny Manziel, or does that not even matter in Pittsburgh? Manzizi. You know I like me some Johnny Manziel, at least on the field. I don't know what he's doing off the field. Uh, but, no, I, I don't yeah. see this happening for Cleveland. I think this is Pittsburgh all the way. That's what I figured. So let's go to Minnesota, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. You see I'm thinking about college football because I'm hyped up for college football, Ray. But Minnesota at Oakland, two teams that are – very legit. Six and two at four and four. I'm going to stab at this one first, man. This is one of those 70s classics. This was a Super Bowl matchup. In the year of the 50th Super Bowl, we've got a ton, a plethora of Super Bowl rematches. Uh, this is one of the 0-4 for the Vikings. The Raiders won this Super Bowl. And this was, uh, what, Stabler and the boys. I'll say this. I know Teddy is going to pass the, the, the concussion protocol. They said he's doing fine, but I don't think it'll be enough. I think the Raiders bounced back off of a heartbreaking loss that they nearly, you know, got the Steelers in Pittsburgh. You've got Murray a little banged up, but you still got Tywan Jones and Reese. 
but you've got Michael Rivera tight end and the receivers Crabtree and Cooper with Derek Carr. And I think they can outscore Minnesota because Minnesota, Minnesota, they don't score a lot of points, Ray. They just don't. So AP will do his thing. I hope Murray's healthy, especially for fantasy, because I got him. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say it's Cooper, who is the fantasy stud, seven receptions, I'll say 110 yards and a touchdown. And I'll say the Raiders actually win a funny, funny score game, 29-17, Oakland over Minnesota. You know what? I think Oakland comes out on a mission and says, you know, for the first time in a long time, when was the last time after nine games they were over 500? Probably happened once or twice since the Super Bowl year of uh, 2002 when they lost to the Bucks in the Super Bowl when Gruden went over to the other side. So my guess is they've only been maybe two or three times at nine games they're, they're going to be five. They will have been five and four. But you know what? They're going to do it. I think this. Oh, I hate to say it, but I think this Minnesota Vikings team is an overrated six and two. I just don't look at them as being that good. Starts with Teddy Bridgewater. He's played okay, but he's not a six and two quarterback. I'm sorry. Adrian Peterson's been up and down. North Turner, I expected big things from on offense, and he's been disappointing. That Minnesota offense has been inconsistent. On the other side of the ledger, however, the Oakland D has played fairly well, and you know what? We've got a new big three. And then if Michael Crabtree can be the kid that he was at Texas Tech and started to, you know, show some glimpses of in San Francisco but really never reached his potential, think about this. If David Carr can work with Latavius Murray and your boy Marcel Reese is a good uh, option catching the ball and then throw in Cooper and Crabtree, that's a dynamic combination. And you know what? They can score. And at home in the black hole, I think they do score, and I think they win pretty easily. 30-17, to 17, I think they blow them out. Now, you know Derek is coming for you because you keep calling him David. He, he, uh, he, he, sent me, he sent me an email, and he's like, yo, why, why Ray like my brother so much? You know yo? what? He's right, <laughs> and I'm wrong. But the problem is I just got used to his brother and I can't get over it. But, no, Derek Carr, by the way, is making quiet as cat. We're going to talk about football awards, and I don't know that we have an award for him, but maybe we need to give him one just because oh, we'll give him a sophomore sensation. How about that? Yes, exactly, double S, sophomore sensation, because making that leap from year one to year two, nobody's doing it better than Derek Carr. So let's go to Kansas City at Denver. Interesting game in the sense that, the Chiefs are dangerous because they've got all the talent and they just lost their great running back. It seems like Macklin will be back and healthy. Kelsey's fine. Charkandrick West and hopefully Niles Davis can get a couple touches for folks that might need to play him in fantasy. But I think at the end of the day, okay, no Tlaib, I believe. I don't know what the, you know, the um, appeal. The appeal. If he'll play or not, I don't think he will play. I'm sure they'll rule against it probably tomorrow. Anyway, I haven't got official word, but look, seven and one, three and five. It's in Denver. It's hard to win in Denver and hard to win on the road in the AFC West. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be one of those ugly games. So I'm going to take Denver, twenty-four twenty, pretty close over KC. And I'll say my fantasy stud. Listen, this is going to surprise you. Emmanuel Sanders probably won't be a go. And I think he kind of knows enough of the offense this week. He couldn't play last week. I'm going to say Vernon Davis, surprisingly so. A touchdown, five grabs, 80 yards is my fantasy stud. How about that? I like it. If this game were in Kansas City, I actually think Kansas City might have a chance. But because it's in Denver, I don't think they do. Unless your boy Cairo Santos kicks eight field goals like he did three, four weeks ago. They're not going to score enough points. Now, Denver's not going to put 50 on anybody either. But I do believe that they can hold Kansas City maybe to 17, and Denver can put up 27. So not a not an old-school Peyton Manning butt-kicking, but a decent win nonetheless. I think my fantasy stud is going to be Demarius Thomas. I think he'll get targeted 15 times. 
and he'll catch maybe nine balls for 110 and a touchdown. So, and I think they're going to do a lot on the ground. But, yeah, Demarius Thomas. I could see it. Well, can't forget about this one. Miami and Philly, the the potential division leaders, if they win and Giants lose, we'll get to that game next. But, um, you know, Miami, they teased us because those two wins when Dan Campbell was on the rah-rah was against bad teams. I think Jacksonville and Tennessee or whatever, or Houston. And so – Maybe playing the Patriots and Buffalo, they've come back to earth. At three and five, going to the four and four Eagles, I think the Eagles are really just starting to figure it out, and they're on the upswing. And I think their defense, led by Fletcher Cox, is getting better each week. Statistics, you know, show that out. And I got to say, maybe they finally don't drop the balls, and this could be a blowout. I don't have faith in Miami at all. I think Hank will be crying in his chair alone. And uh, <laughs> and I say that <clears throat> Chip Kelly and the Eagles win double digits, 27-17. And my fantasy stud is the, I won't drop it this time, Jordan Matthews. Eight catches, 103 yards, two touchdown passes from Sam Bradford. So ever since the first half of that game in London, I feel like the Dolphins have been a little out of sync. Uh, they have some fundamental issues. They're not. They're, they're pretty healthy. I don't think they're that banged up. I would like to see Devontae Parker get integrated into that offense a little bit more to have, again, some dynamic pass catching. You know, Jarvis Landry. Jordan Cameron's been a, been a disappointment. Uh, Lamar Miller took the first three, four games off but he's running better, although, again, inconsistent, has two good games followed by a bad game. I just look at this Miami team, and, and, you know, you can only inspire them for so long. At the end of the day, they're just not playing consistent football. And the Philadelphia Eagles, I think, are smelling this division. And your boy DeMarco Murray, I believe, is ready. Even though Ryan Matthews fits that offense better. And even though Ryan Matthews should get most of those carries, they paid DeMarco a lot of money, and they're going to feed him and feed him and feed him. And when you do that up-tempo, you run away with it in the fourth quarter. And I think that's where he's going to do it. I think, again, that Miami, like you, can't score enough. So I have them at, I'll say, 17 again, and I'll have Philly at 31. I think this is a two-touchdown blowout. I think Philadelphia just has too much. I'm waiting for that Chip Kelly offense to just explode. And DeMarco Murray, I feel, is going to run for 125 and two touchdowns. Wow, we're both big on Philly this week. That's, that's, uh, that's extremely interesting. Let's go to another Super Bowl matchup. Twice over, over, we got the Pats at MetLife Stadium against the New York football giants. Ray, the division leader, leaders of the NFC least, five and four, against the perfecto AFC East Patriots. This one is interesting because guess what? Mentally, teams are already shook when they line up to face Belichick and Brady, but not the Giants. They're not scared. Eli's not scared. And that's what I love about them. And it's the only reason why they won't get wiped off the map. Because this secondary is not great. Pierre Paul's back, but it's not enough. The Patriots offensive line has been playing exceptional. Plus, even through the injuries, he gets rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds. So you'll see the, the issues in the secondary. Maybe Prince Mukamara can step up and have a good game. DRC's got to do his thing. Maybe get a turnover. The linebackers aren't so great. So here you go. Yeah, Deion Lewis is gone. James White will step in, maybe a little bit of Bolden with, with uh, Blunt, and they diversify with those three backs. But you're going to see a little bit more of Amendola and maybe a banged up Edelman coming out of the backfield and catching screens. At the end of the day, it's going to be a lot of points because the Giants' defense is not fantastic. I'd say 35 New England, 24 Giants. Odell does a little bit. Maybe Rashard Jennings does a little bit. Shane Vereen out of the backfield. The fantasy 
stud. He gets off the snide. Wasn't so great the last two weeks. The Gronkinator. Seven catches, a touchdown, 95 yards. Gronk, Gronk, and more Gronk. So I can't say anything other than I agree with you 100%. I'm trying to see when the Patriots are going to lose because they might go 16-0 and again. Um <laughs> We'll talk about that maybe another episode, but you yeah, know maybe what? at Denver we'll see. <laughs> to Peyton or to Peyton to Eli Manning's credit, he's throwing up pretty big offensive stats. Now Brady is is the gold standard, but he, Eli's right behind him. Eli's putting up great great numbers, and you're right. This will be a shootout. I think ultimately the Patriots win. My fantasy stud, he's been up and down, but I think he is going to be a factor in November and December and into the playoffs like Garrett Blunt. I think he scores two touchdowns. I think they like him more and more now in the red zone and a couple of missed tackles, and he can get himself 20, 30 yards. I like LeGarrette, 110 yards, two touchdowns. I like a big score like you do. I'll call it 33-27 Patriots. We go to Sunday night, NBC, classic game. The Arizona Cardinals, they're hyped up out here, Ray. They're they're hyped up and want to seal the fate and dig the grave for the Seattle Seahawks. The thing about this game right here, you know, Seattle is, they haven't played their best yet. They're four and four against six and two with Carson Palmer on verge to you know, basically being the guy I said he would be, and we'll talk about that soon, comeback player of the year. Marshawn just wound up on the injury report as of today, and maybe if Thomas Rolls going, we'll see if Marshawn can suit up. I have a funny feeling that, yeah, Seattle, they say it's a must win, but even against the Cowboys, they didn't play great. They haven't played great most of the season. Let, let's be real. I mean, even – even I, a Steelers fan, and I respect and have been rooting for the Seahawks for the last couple of years because of the way they play, I don't like this team right now. And 2013, this Arizona Cardinal team, they went to Seattle and smacked them in their mouths. And I think they're going to win again. Ray has had a hard time giving love to the Arizona Cardinals, which my oldest son has been upset about. But I think today... And Sunday night, it's time to give the Cardinals their love. They will turn Russell Wilson over. They'll sack him five or six times. Seahawks' offensive line is not good. Darnell Dockett, all the secondary, Peterson, Tyron Matthew, Rashard Jones. I mean, these guys, powers, they are all over the place. Special teams is great. Field goals, kickers, great. And Floyd, Fitzgerald, and your boy, or my boy, John Brown is back. Take him deep, John Brown. My fantasy stud is going to be Chris Johnson in the rain. It's raining now. will rain all the way probably up to the game, if not kickoff. In the northwest, Pacific Northwest, it's going to be cold and messy. And I think Chris Johnson gets two rushing touchdowns, about 90 yards, and he's the fantasy stud in a very close 26-24 Arizona Cardinal victory, Ray. So, in the words of Public Enemy, by the time I get to Arizona, if this game were played in Arizona, I would agree with you 100%. However, this game is being played in the great Northwest, and because of that, I'm going to have to go with the Seattle Super Seahawks and their 12th man. Now, they've been disappointing all season, but you know what helps win a disappointing season? Is a division rival talking smack, wanting to put you away for the season. But not so fast. Seattle, now granted, Marshawn has been in and out of the lineup all season. So to some degree, they're finding out a way how, how to, figuring out how to play without him, which actually doesn't bode well for him contractually, you know, going forward. But they still have the biggest, baddest cat on the field. And it used to be Larry Fitzgerald a few years ago. But 
Jimmy Graham is still the biggest, baddest dude. They just have to figure out how to consistently get him the ball. And I believe that your boy Russell Wilson is going to put it in fourth gear, fifth gear, and – You mean running for his life? Running for his life, running for his life, but he's uh, – you know what? I wouldn't want anybody else back there. He makes plays out of the pocket. He and Aaron Rodgers, they make plays outside the pocket. Colin Kaepernick used to be in that category. I don't know what happened to Colin. We'll talk about that on another show. But I like Russell Wilson on the move, improvising. In some ways, it's better. In some ways, putting some pressure on him and making him play street ball, if you will, is good. You know, get back to basics. Start improvising, start loving the game a little bit more, break free a little bit. You know, Daryl Bevel, I don't know, maybe his head is shook since the Super Bowl. I like it. I like Seattle. I like him in a close game. I think that they win at home, even in the rain, even if Marshawn Lynch is out or banged up. They win 24-20. Seattle, home field advantage, baby. Fantasy stud right. Jimmy Graham, seven catches, ninety-six okay. yards, and two touchdowns. Wow, the Jimmy Graham fantasy fans are ecstatic. Let's quickly get to our segment, the mid-season NFL awards. Let's you are now listening to the NFL talk. Ray, Ray, Ray. Awards. We'll add in fantasy star and sophomore sensation. MVP, who you got? On the undefeated team, the undisputed leader is Tom Brady. And even though I think Aaron Rodgers is the best player in football, you got to give credit for the performance and the leadership. And right now, I can't see Tom Brady not being at the head of the pack. Teams they know doesn't, doesn't look like they're going to lose a game. I mean, they may end up fourteen and two, fifteen and one, or sixteen and zero. Pick pick one of those three, and Tom Brady is heading up that crew, doing more with less. Well, I don't know if you could say that anymore because he's got a lot of talent around him. He's yeah, third but did he make that talent? Did he make that talent? Right? If you took Julian Edelman and put him on St. Louis, would he be the man? Gronk will be the man anywhere, but is Julian Edelman really the man? Is Amendola really the man? Deion Lewis went down. Blunt has been in concern. It, it's Brady, man. It's Brady, just like we talked about. Okay, 2,700 yards of passing. You know, he's uh, he's doing it up. I'm going with Killer Cam just because of all the things you just said, and he truly, truly has left, doesn't have anywhere near the talent that Brady has. So that's that's my guy because – Nobody thought from seven, eight, and one that they would be already better than last year in eight and zero. Who's your rookie of the year, man? Oh, you know what? It, it, between two guys, I love Todd Gurley, but he probably didn't play enough. But those four games have been awesome. I, I think my rookie of the year though has to be Amari Cooper. I mean, his team is four and four. He's leading the way in receptions. He's putting you know, that sophomore sensation on Derek Carr's back. And, and I love this kid. He's running routes, great hands, and looks to be a stud. Yeah, I want to agree with you with Cooper because I think he's so such a beast. But I just think this guy is special. He's fourth in the league in rushing, five games, 664 yards. I got to give it to my man, Todd Gurley, all day, every day. Coach of the year, who you got, Ray? Coach of the year has to be Ron Rivera. You look at that team, they're 8-0, and, and like you said, Cam is doing more with less. That defense, that team, that riverboat gambler mentality, uh, you know, it took two, three years to get them on the, on the track of winning, and now they, they believe. They believe, so I believe. Ron Rivera. I totally agree. Can't add much to that. Just imagine they almost about to fire him a couple years ago. Good for him, ex-Chicago Bear, stud linebacker, and seems like a really good coach. Good to see ownership show some patience. Defensive player of the year. This is a hard one. A couple good guys. Oh, God. You know, uh, 
I'm not sure. This one is, like you said, that there's no standout. There are a lot of good yeah. players out there. You know, there's some great cornerbacks out there. There's some great, I mean, the, the, the corners in Denver, you could argue, before they lost, were looking invincible. But I might go, see, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I might go Luke Keekley again. Uh, I think that that's... But he's missing games, though. He has, and you know what, Gurley has too, but when he's there, you always call his number, him and Davis, right, both of them. If you could split it between the two of them, you're, you're yeah. always calling his number. He's always in the mix. He's always doing something. No, he, so, he's amazing, Ray. He's amazing. You know, well, I, you know I don't know. The, I ahead, can't argue. He's a great time. player. He's a great player. I would say you could say the whole Panthers defense. I'll tell you, you know, you can't give it to J.J. Watt. We've got to stop that because the team doesn't win. But Chandler Jones is leading the league in sacks. He's up there for me. But I, I just got to go Josh Norman because he's become a shutdown corner on the best team in the NFC. And he's had two big games against Cobb and Hilton, shutting down the, the Colts and the Packers. Josh Norman for the Carolina Panthers. He's my defensive player, second, tied for second in interceptions. Um, offensive <clears throat> player of the year. So, you know, if if my offensive stud is going to be Brady, then my offensive player of the year is going to be Cam Newton, I guess, because the the guy is just, like you said, doing everything, not only doing everything, but doing anything that the team needs, right? It could be running the ball. It could be passing the ball. It it gets first down. So he's just... He's my guy. He won't have the best statistics, but he'll have, uh, you know, also a 14-2 and two record probably when it's all said and done. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I, you know, I, for me, I, I was thinking Brady here, but I had to go with Devonta Freeman because not only could he also win our sophomore sensation, him and Derek Carr battled that out, but he has been – he's been everything. You know, he's the fantasy surprise. He's this, that. But he's, he's my offensive player of the year. I think he's so Devon, Anybody named Devonta, we got we to gotta <laughs> say his name several times, you know? Yeah, that's, 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 that's legitimate, man. He, he's running it, right? And not the greatest offensive line. And he, he gets it done. And he basically said, Tevin Coleman, I'm, I'm the guy here. You don't get to run anymore. That's pretty deep, considering going into the season – Coleman started week one and had a little bang up, and then he never got his job back. Comeback player of the year. A couple of guys up for this. Palmer. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I got to say Carson Palmer. Now, he was good, so, so it's not really a surprise. But you know what? As you get up in age and you come back from injury, you never know how well somebody's going to do. And, and Carson Palmer is doing it. So I give him credit. His team is 6-2. and two. He's the leader. He's turned into that, you know, magical veteran a la Kurt Warner. Um, I don't know if he'll have the playoff success that Kurt had, but, you know, give Carson Palmer credit for coming back. So he's my comeback player of the year. So we add the one more category, sophomore sensation, just so you can talk about Derek Carr. Does he get your sophomore sensation? Well, you said Devontae Freeman, and he's great, but you know what? I got to give – and by the way, we got to give – find a way to give Andy Dalton some credit, too, because we talked about the two quarterbacks on the undefeated team. Oh, he's up well, there for MVP. He's, he's, he's the third right. quarterback. He's the third quarterback on the undefeated team, right? So so I think Cam, Brady, and Dalton all need to get love. But, yeah, Derek Carr, you know, he was, what, the 20-some-odd the pick in the first round. People passed on him. People were afraid that he'd be his brother – this guy in his second year, and let's be real here, he's throwing to, you know, a rookie in Amari Cooper, a kind of, uh, a, a, I don't want to say washed up, but a veteran that's been around the block that people soured on in Michael Crabtree. Uh, Michael Rivera didn't really step up this year like we thought, and I, I would argue that his, his receiving core, he's making them as much as they're making him. And he had some studly performances. And anytime you're in a in an Oakland Raiders uniform, 
and you're four and four with a chance to go five and four. I mean, this is a team that's turning it around. I like Derek Carr. That's my guy. Stop you can't me. be mad at that. Yeah, no, nah, you can't be mad at that. I, I, I'll just I'll stick with Derek. So listen, let's let's keep it moving. We gotta go to college football. Let's talk about these rankings before we predict these three, you know, matchups and these big games, and talk about some potential upsets real quick. Um, this is gonna be a good week, but just to review the top ten: Clemson's one, Bama's two, Ohio State three, Notre Dame gets in there four. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Iowa five, which ugh, Baylor six, Stanford seven. Eight is Oklahoma State, who some felt could have gone up to four. LSU nine, Utah 10 of the college football playoff rankings. And, you know, the big game this week, Baylor, Oklahoma, we'll see what happens on the field. Real quick, did Iowa, did Baylor get shafted by Iowa moving up ahead of them when they haven't really played anybody either? Yes, I think Iowa's ranked too high. I think Baylor's ranked too low. I think that, uh, you know, just because you switch quarterback doesn't mean you should lose ground, and that freshman sensation is doing it. So that's that. Um, Notre Dame, should they be at four? I don't know, but they're going to play Stanford at seven, so it paves the way for the winner of that game. And then Stanford would have to play, obviously, in the Pac-12 championship, but it, it paves the way for the winner of that to position themselves for one of the four slots. Uh, Oklahoma State should be higher. Uh, so those those are my issues. Iowa's too high, and Baylor and Oklahoma being shafted a little bit, but but they'll play it out in the Big Twelve. And also uh, Notre Dame, they they did a, a a great service to the Notre Dame um, Stanford winner. Now again, not that big a deal to me. Second week, there it's going to be decided on the field. I really really think this year is going to be decided on the field. And I think that's the good news, right? For for all college football fans, you know, you could get kind of upset and irate and up in arms. And honestly, each week it's just for television and for us to all talk about the pundits and debate it and, and have fun with it. But it does get settled on the field, thank goodness. So let's go to the field. Ray, it, it doesn't really get much better than this. I'm going to take a stab at this one first. You got number two, Bama battling against uh, what's Mississippi State, number 17. 17. You know, I guess the the one thing that you forget, one, that Mississippi State's at home. But I think, ladies and gentlemen, we've done a disservice to forget about a man named Dak Prescott. This guy has accounted for 18 touchdown passes, seven rushing, over 400 rushing yards, and over and let me tell you, let me tell you real quick. He has 18 touchdowns and only one interception. Only one interception. So not only should he be in the Heisman conversation, he's thrown for 2,351 yards. Dak, I am so sorry that we have not given you the love because once you and we loved you last year. We gave him plenty of love last year, Ray. But the only problem I have. I don't think their defense can stop Henry. And I think Coker, you know, getting it on the outside, you know, getting it to the freshman receiver, you know, Calvin Ridley, I think they'll be able to do enough. So I think Bamo actually wins a close game. People are looking for an LSU hangover, but not an SEC and not Nick Saban. He doesn't take the SEC any game lightly. And Mississippi State is legit, and they have to be ready for Prescott. I think the defensive line will contain him for the rushing and some of those fast Bama's linebackers. And I think Bama wins so very close, 27-24. Alabama, Henry gets his uh, two touchdowns and 100 yards. Great game by Prescott, but Bama just squeaks by. So I actually think that Alabama's defense is too much, and Dak Prescott is going to do okay, but not enough to beat Alabama. Alabama's one weakness is, unfortunately, the quarterback, which might cost them the national championship. But Jay Coker is is just not the real deal. And he's lucky to have that defense, and he's lucky to have those dynamic backs, and specifically that horse by the name of Derrick Henry, who has 17 touchdowns already. 
Gosh. I think Alabama is going to put a beating on Mississippi State uh, physically. I don't know if the scoreboard will reflect it necessarily because I don't think this Alabama offense is capable of putting up 50, but I think they will manhandle them uh, in the trenches. And ultimately, Dak Prescott does okay. I think he throws an interception or two maybe because he's behind. So even though he has won this, you know, so far this year, he might end up with three coming out of the game. I think Derrick Henry rushes for 125 and two touchdowns, and Alabama just out, uh, out muscles them and wins, I'll call it 24-17. Now, this is interesting. This is sort of for the AAC, the American Conference. Number 21, Memphis. Look, Navy got them, and so they dropped down. Navy moves in the top 25, but they're at number 24, Houston, who's still undefeated. And Memphis is only higher because of the fact they beat Ole Miss, which was a huge win and a you know program. Justin Fuente might be able to leave Memphis and get another job. Hopefully he comes to Maryland. But this is going to be fascinating. And I actually think Memphis sort of takes out their frustration from losing the Navy and their relief of not having to play against, you know, Navy and Georgia Tech. When you play them, it is a handful dealing with that triple option and the running and all that. Navy's hard to deal with and Houston is explosive offensively, but Memphis has a lot of defensive speed. So I actually think Memphis goes to Houston and gives Houston their first loss, probably knocking them out of the top 25. So I'll take Memphis in a little bit of a high scoring game. I'll say 31, 28 Memphis takes care of the Houston Cougars. You know about them Houston boys. Five slamma jamma. <laughs> that was basketball. No, but I do think the Houston Cougars are a legitimate, I'm not going to say national contender, but they're a legitimate team. I think they're a top 20 team, top 15 maybe even. These teams both average over 500 yards of offense. They give up a lot of yards too, though. So (laughs) Memphis gives up 430 yards a game, and Houston gives up 360 yards a game. So I'm actually going to say that if this game were played on a neutral field or in Memphis, maybe Memphis has a chance, but I'm actually going to go to Houston to improve their record to 10 and 0, and put that second loss on Memphis. I think it'll be a close game, but high scoring because both of these teams can put up points. So I'll say 33-31, Houston. That makes me think of the Houston Oilers. Houston oh, Oilers, boy, the baby blues. Remember that? Number one. Little, little well, shout out to the NFL, Houston Oilers. This is a big game. This is what the Big 12 has been waiting for. They're big teams to face each other. So the strongest or the, the one who can really survive, the, you know, survival of the fittest will play itself out. And hopefully, I guess if you're in the Big 12, you're actually rooting for Baylor. But you could be rooting for Oklahoma, too, because they are the only team in the top 15 offense and top 15 defense in college football. Stats, they are galore. This team plays both sides of the ball. I think you, you we're going to be worried about Jared Fridham, the freshman quarterback. He had a decent game against Kansas State, puts up the yards and the stats, but their defense could not do anything against Kansas State, who has not even close to a dynamic offense. And we know, Ray, Baker Mayfield is legitimate, legitimate, legitimate. That's my so, guy. That's, that is Ray's guy. He's been propping him up since the beginning of the season. And so when you're talking about number 12 and number six, and everybody's going to be in Waco, Texas, uh, ESPN game day is there, you know, the whole crew's there, Lee Corso with the hat, whatever he's going to put on. But at the end of the day, I am going with Baker Mayfield, 2,800 yards passing. He's got four interceptions, but the dude has 28 touchdowns. Goodness gracious. I think it'll be too much for the young kid. And I think the receivers get busy. You know about Sterling. He's nice. Their whole crew is, 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 is the beast. Shepard is just the, the, the man with seven touchdowns. And I say Oklahoma Ray with their balance, even though they got to deal with Coleman, because Coleman is probably him and Josh Dotson at TCU, the two best receivers in college football this year. I say Oklahoma squeaks out in Baylor, in Waco, 35-32, Oklahoma, and they 
take the lead of the Big 12 and have a shot to make it to the college football playoff. Go Sooners, go. You know, I'd like to disagree with you and keep it interesting, but Baker Mayfield is my guy. Not only that, but he's got your boy. He's got he's got the running back, yep. uh, Perrine, and he's got Shepard on the outside, also dynamic players, scoring touchdowns, and he's accurate. Anytime you have a freshman quarterback, you got to be worried about nerves and jitters and you're undefeated and you're playing a good Oklahoma team and Bob Stoops can still coach. Under the lights. Yeah, and that Oklahoma team, 8 o'clock in Waco on ABC. So, yeah, <laughs> I like Oklahoma. I actually think that Baylor's going to lay a bit of an egg in this game. I think Oklahoma wins 30-20. to 20. So this is what I wanted to ask you. There's about five games that there could be potential upsets. So before we get to the NBA, I just want to throw this out to you because you kind of hit it with that Nebraska upset. And this week you got a couple other games that some of these big teams could go down. So could Oregon in this rival, you know, it's at Stanford, but could Oregon get it together for one week and remember that they actually do have a lot of talent? and go to Stanford and beat Stanford and take down the Cardinal? Yes, absolutely. They're 6 and 3 for a reason. They're dynamic. We all thought they'd be in the Big 12 champion, I mean the Pac-12 championship. And so absolutely. Upset alert. It's not even really that much of an upset. I mean, it's yeah, well, Oregon's I agree, a, a but perennial I agree. powerhouse. Yeah. No, no, definitely. I I agree. I don't think it will happen, but it is definitely possible. Um I can't even consider Clemson, Syracuse. So let let Minnesota. Let's keep Watch out for Minnesota and well, Iowa. We both think that's Iowa's what I was going to get. Yeah. We both think Iowa's overrated. Minnesota can go in there and easily win that game. I wouldn't even consider that a stunner. I mean, obviously they're four and five, but they played some good games, Minnesota. And how about Indiana, who we've been talking about all year? They just can't get it together, but they're four and five. They're dangerous playing against a Michigan team, and they're at, you know, it's a rivalry, but it's at Indiana. Can the Hoosiers take down the Wolverines? Possible. They run the ball. You run the ball. Time of possession. You frustrate the other team. You get the defense playing on its heels. Fourth quarter, bam. So, yes, absolutely. I I don't think Michigan's going to lose again this season. I mean, obviously, until they hit Ohio State maybe. But, yes, it's very possible that Indiana could win this game. And, and let me say, I, I'm actually rooting for Minnesota over Iowa, and I think they will go to Iowa and beat them. Minnesota's been knocking on the door. Two more games real quick, then we get to the NBA. Arkansas at LSU. This used to be, what, the, what is this, the, the rivalry, the boot rivalry or something? I forgot what this was. This is a big one, and Arkansas is tough. They are, but you know what? Les Miles gets into those kids and says, look, we were embarrassed on national TV. Yeah. Even though the score didn't show it, they outplayed us. They outmuscled us. Leonard Fournette got a lot. I don't want to say lucky touchdown. He got a touchdown to salvage the game. He only ran for 31 yards. And Derek Henry. I don't think Arkansas D can handle Leonard Fournette either. 10. Yeah, I think. Leonard yeah, Fournette he goes for 150 touchdowns for me. Okay, the last one. Utah is going to Arizona. Number 10 Utah at Arizona. This one's tricky. I actually smell an upset. I think Arizona gets up for this one. And I think they beat Utah. I'm tired of Arizona, man. I picked them a couple of weeks ago for a couple straight weeks. They've disappointed me. My boys in Tucson are let me down. I'm going with the Utes. I think Arizona is going to get beat. Utah is going to take care of it. Okay, you're sticking with Devontae. Devontae, you like – see what it is. You don't want to admit that you're just all about Devontae. 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 But that's Devontae Booker. Okay, that's Devontae Booker. So that's T-A-Y, by the way. It is definitely T-A-Y. T-A-Y. You don't, you don't, yeah, or just a T-A. Or Devontae, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, but it's also like the Deshaun. So, look, we go to the NBA. The story is, without a doubt, the Warriors 10-0. and I think they play the Nets tonight to go for 11-0. and It's – I threw this out on Twitter. Can they? Can they go for – and could they get Jordan's Bulls for the 72 win 
is this that type of team? Because honestly, they're looking like they are, and they're playing amazing ball. Steph Curry is in another stratosphere right now, and he's unguardable, Ray. It, it, it's beautiful to watch. He's on from half court in, and, you know, everybody else around him is just playing exceptional ball. Even Festus Azili got better. What are your thoughts on the Warriors and the run they're on, and how far That's could this go? You know what? They can go pretty far. Uh, the record for consecutive wins to start a season is 15. Steph Curry looks like he'll be a back, yeah. a back-to-back MVP, kind of like LeBron, Steve Nash. Uh, you know, uh, obviously uh, Kareem, Jordan. Uh, this guy's unbelievable. Uh, I don't know that they'll hit 72 wins. I just look at that West, and I just think you have to play Houston and 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 the Spurs and the Rockets, and I mean the um. The, even the Grizzlies and the Clippers, so no, they won't win 72 games. The West is too tough. But, but you know what? They're awesome, and and, and kudos to them. I, I, I thought they'd lose in the first or second round of the playoffs, but you know what? This team has got some championship moxie. Hold on. We got a caller right now. Maybe wants to talk an NBA, maybe Steph Curry fan on the East We're Coast. We're talking about them Knicks. Down by two. <laughs> Hello, caller. You're fellas? on the air. Hey, what's, what's going, going on, on fellas? Oh, Luke, what's oh, Luke. going on? All right. How you doing, man? Sorry I missed you the other day. But, uh, no, no, no. We appreciate any time you can call. Oh, man, I'm glad you guys are talking about the Warriors, man. What they're doing is truly remarkable. This is like changing the landscape of the NBA for real, the way, the way, the way they're playing. I can't, I can't see. I haven't seen anything like this. I'm just excited looking at it. And them. it's funny because they didn't really do anything in the offseason. You could argue they got worse. Uh, you know, in terms of personnel, by losing by losing David Lee, but everybody's playing better. Maybe except for yeah. Clay Thompson, but everybody is just doing, you know, like off season weedies. I don't know what they did in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's oh, wow. funny? They always they just talk about Walton. You know, don't, they don't need a coach. Walton's just kind of there. But Steve Kerr, give him credit. He he's sort of put in a plan and a way they play and push the right buttons to create this whole we do it for a team and this unselfishness. And I think he kind of told him some secrets that he experienced from Jordan and Pippen. And that cachet goes so far with young cats. If he can spew some interpersonal stories of Jordan and Pippen and Rodman, I mean, that's all day right there. These young kids, they're going to listen to Kerr all the time. Mark Jackson, not that they didn't listen, and he taught them defense, but Mark Jackson has no jewelry. Steve Kerr hit big shots and played with the greatest ever, So and, and also with Phil Jackson. So it's fascinating, and oh, you're right. I want to ask you real quick, though, why did your Washington Wizards try to hurt Kevin Durant when they want him to play there next year? Hurting up the <laughs> hamstring and, and he couldn't finish the game? I mean, what, that's not smart. What's going on, man? I, I think when he started scorching the nets on them, they got a little personal, so they they could <laughs> since you're not coming in for a little bit, uh, you know, they had to give a little bit back to them. They they playing pretty good too, but um, yeah, I just um, I don't know. The the Wizards this year, I wonder they don't the worst one thing I worry about with them is the veteran leadership. You know, Paul Pierce being gone, they need a, a good veteran out on the floor to help them really get past. The yeah, home. they yeah, miss, that's what they miss him. Oh, Jared Dudley's not cutting it. No, no, no. Bill's playing too. I mean, obviously oh, outshining everybody, but Bradley Bill's been sparking a little bit too. I mean, he's he's uh he's not, he's making a lot of noise. So I think they got probably the best backcourt right now tandem. Actually, I probably can't say that because you know once Clay Thompson wakes up, there's no backcourt better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, what what's happening with New? Orleans. Can we talk about on the other side of the spectrum? Oh. You know, you got New Orleans, you got the Sixers. Now the Lakers, we expect it to be terrible. Sacramento's mm. got a bunch of knuckleheads. But what is happening with New Orleans? I mean, They're I getting feel like killed again. But Anthony Davis was hurt in Toronto, spanking, and Toronto just destroyed them. That's a final. So I mean, it's uh, it's it's bad. And and Ray and I spoke One about last time. Alvin Gentry, he might not make it through the season. Yeah, and it's, it's unfortunate he had to take a – you know, he's taking a job that basically they don't have a really complete roster. And I think that it's hard to get a new coach in there with young young minds, young heads that really haven't had that much accomplished and get them to buy into a system. Like you said earlier, Steve Kerr, with 
his him him into a clutch shot, him being part of the championship, you're gonna lead easier because you have the hard way to prove it. When you when you don't have that much cachet around the younger younger kids, these you know how young younger cats are these days. They don't want to hear about what you did. They, they want to see something. They don't want to hear it too much. So and it's over in New York, basically. 88-84, they just hit another shot. Uh, the Knicks, you know, I'll say this. First of all, Porzingis, that shot, yeah, didn't, didn't leave his hand in time, but there should have been two more seconds or .2 seconds left because the refs messed it up on the other end. But when he came off and hit that three the other night, I know everybody in their mama was like, wow, this kid is clutch. He's playing great ball. And you know what, Knicks fans? You got nothing to worry about because the Lakers are wishing they took Porzingis instead of D'Angelo Russell. Porzingis, Porzingis, Porzingis. He's oh yeah, the, he's the truth. I love him. So now think, think about what you just said. I mean, that's a huge. Everybody thought that Phil Jackson was a complete nut and that this was going to be one of the biggest busts ever. And you know, he just sort of raw talent. I mean, I have to get him credit because I didn't see him being this good either. Did you guys yeah. see him being this good? No, I definitely didn't. But you know what? I, after those big three, I didn't really think anybody – I mean, what, Moutier was the pick? Because I, I really wasn't mad at, at going for size, going for young size. Why not? And, again, it's not even retrospect. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I just thought nobody on the board was blowing me away once those big three were off the board. Yeah. I yeah. just saw a couple of YouTube videos, and I listened to what people were saying in the workouts, and I was like, hey, let's take them. Because to me, I knew it was between him, Moutier, Justice Winslow, and I thought all the other guys would be solid, even Stanley Johnson. But this guy's upside to me, the fact that he was an athletic big, he wasn't just a big Sean Bradley. This guy's got hops. He's got swagger. You know, he, 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 you know, he, he wants to play dirty ball. He, you, know, he, you know, he listens to hip-hop, you could tell. And I like that. This kid, this kid is about about a rowdy rowdy. You know what I'm saying? And so to me, for Vegas, that's KP. You know what I'm saying? That's KP. Chris Stapps, Chris baby. Stapps. Chris Stapps, baby. And when and when you say Chris Stapps, you gotta you gotta snap your fingers, all right? You go Chris Stapps, baby. What? What? You know what I'm saying? On the block, I heard he's hanging out up in Harlem, so I love it. Come on, man. What could you not like about the kids? Uh, Langston Galloway's balling out, Grant. And I'll say this as we gotta end the show. Oh, what this is showing is that Phil is, is, is still got it. You just need to give him some patience. And we all underestimated how messed up it was in New York. But I love what he signed in the offseason, Afalo, Robin Lopez, O'Quinn, Williams. And guess what? He's got enough money to bring in a Durant. And you know what? If you see Kristaps playing like this, then maybe a Durant might just want to come. Hallelujah. I'm done. <laughs> well, <laughs> keep hope alive, but Chris, yeah. uh, uh, Kevin Durant's not playing on the same team as Carmelo Anthony. I'm sorry. You don't There's know. There's only one basketball, and uh, he's – no, it's not happening. I would love it as a Knicks fan, but that's not happening. He'll go to Washington yeah. or L.A. before that. Don't sleep the uh, You know, who knows? He may want – he may want to uh, – I, I don't know. I think that uh, – I'll be – I think that, he, that Phil Jackson has more tricks in his bag. And just like he found this young guy, I think he's thinking of longevity. He's looking at young talent to last and, and be there for some years. And he's also like one star. I mean, I give, him, I give him a lot of credit. I mean, I thought that the Knicks would be in the dungeon looking a lot worse, I should say, than they are now. I mean, they're really playing good on the road. And, you know, I give props to this kid. Usually they give Eastern players being soft. He's not soft. He's taking it to people, which is not prototypical of what we see from the players, you know, overseas a lot of times. So two quick things before we go, because we got to wrap it up. Oh, I'll say this, and it's for Ray, too. If you're up late and you have to watch a basketball game and these three teams are on, just tune in. Ray's already down with it, and he was ahead of it with me, with the Portland Trailblazers, with McCullough and Lillard. They are just young and ridiculous. We always know about Minnesota with what Wiggins and Carl and City Towns are doing, but oh, mm-hmm. also watch the Orlando Magic, Peyton, Oladipo, and them boys. They are bringing it. Mm-hmm. So the NBA is exciting. There's a lot to watch. There's really no bad games, no bad teams. Even Sacramento, the knuckleheads. You know, the only bad team is Philly, really. 
you know, Sacramento's knuckleheads, but you can watch, <laughs> you know, DeMarcus Cousins play. And I leave you with this. Ray, you're going to get a laugh. I think we should order, oh, a Blaine Gabbert jersey. Let's go Niners. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Why do you do it like that? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> hey, listen, everybody have a great sports weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday. Enjoy the game. Watch Bama. Watch the football. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it.